After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Mahalo, Evan. Today's guest is Mike Post, hands down the most successful music composer in television history. He has won five Grammy Awards, has over 6,000 hours of music scores, and has produced melodies for Hill Street Blues, Law & Order, L.A. Law, The A-Team, and the list goes on as long as a TV guide. Mike has two pieces of music playing every second of each day. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Mike Post. Thanks, Mike, for joining us. Um, you know, one thing is, I mean, we're meeting here in, in a you know, beautiful vacation home here in Honolulu, Hawaii. I look right out. I can see the ocean. I mean, you can walk right out and, and walk in the sand. You know, what is it like to be able to do what you are passionate about every single day and turn it into your dream life? Well, it's, uh, A, extremely fortunate. I didn't uh, start out to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, my goal was simple, simple one-sentence goal. Make an honorable living doing music. And doing music to me at 18 meant playing in a band, uh, being a studio musician. Uh, if that didn't work out, uh, playing a gig at night, teaching kids during the day, if that didn't work out, um, playing organ at a funeral home would have been fine. I, I just wanted to be able to make an honorable living doing music. What happened was on the way to trying to realize that, um, I got very fortunate. Um, I was fortunate in the beginning because I was born with some talent and I was fortunate uh, early on because I had parents that made me believe I could do anything that I wanted to do, anything that I could conceive. They they made me believe that I was, you know, smart enough or disciplined enough that I could figure out a way to accomplish it. So I had, you know, early on I had a lot of people telling me that, um, you know, gee, people that I really looked up to, like my mom and my dad and my brother, mm -hmm. gee, you're you're pretty good at this, at, at this or at that, and if 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 that's what you want to do, that's what you ought to do. So, um, you know, I mean, you're correct. I am living everything I ever dreamed about. I mean, I that's the way my day goes every day. Um, I walk, you know, I wake up and I go to work and I I work around my friends and I work for my friends. The guys that produce the shows that I do are all dear, close, long, long, you know, many years of friendship between us. And they send me, you know, our television shows that I really like and I put music to them. And most of the time they like what I do. 
so um, you know every room I walk into mostly everybody looks at me and says well how do you want this to sound that's a dream come true in itself <laughs> you know so um, you're right I'm, I'm I know that I've been afforded um, you know a, a lot of really really fortunate uh, circumstances the fact that it pays real well and and I, I I don't have anything to do with that I don't I don't know how you do that you know mm. basically I just write the music and and they send me the checks and and, and <laughs> it works out that way you know thanks for tuning in stay tuned for more on greater good radio after hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Howdy sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Mike Post, hands down the most successful music composer in television history. Mike has two pieces of music playing every second of each day. How did you get your start, though? I mean, when you first started out, were you just a musician and trying to play in a band? and? How do you mean that? Just a musician? No, I mean no. <laughs> not just a musician. <laughs> no, you're you're 100 percent right. I I I started out. Uh, I started working when I was 15, 16, working in a band uh, down in Hollywood. I lived in uh, was raised in the San Fernando Valley, where I still live, mm -hmm. and um, I knew a guy that knew a guy, and they needed a piano player, and this little band and I think it paid $15 a night five sets a night you know 45 minutes on 15 minutes off mm -hmm. it, was, it was you know not highly paid that's for sure and there were a, a lot of fights and a lot of you know a lot of danger and a lot of craziness <laughs> but a lot of fun too mm -hmm. and when I f first got in this band you know I was real happy to be the piano player and after about a month I had ideas about the way we ought to be playing things. So I shared those ideas with the other musicians and little by little I sort of became the leader of the band just because I had musical ideas, not because I wanted to be anybody's leader. Or I, you know, I, I didn't necessarily want to be in charge of anything except music. You mm -hmm. know? And um, that sort of set the, the set the stage for the way things would go. I. From playing clubs, I went on the road and played in a number of bands that had had hit records, but m maybe only one or two people from the hit record were left, so it was sort of like a made-up band that was playing the hit record that other guys had either you know gone on to other things or whatever, and I did a lot of that, about four or five different bands, 
the Marquettes uh, um, had a big record called Surfer Stomp and uh, I actually took Paul's place in a duet called Paul and Paula because he went, he went in the seminary and Paula needed somebody to stand up there and sing with her so I you know I did that for a while and then a and then a, a group called Dick and Dee Dee who had had about four or five big hits a duet um, they hired me to play guitar for them and uh, I went to Europe with them I did a lot of stuff with them and they were already recording they were a real hot act at the time so now I started to get in the studio with them mm -hmm. and once that happened uh, I got a call from this buddy of mine that was working with this duet that nobody had ever heard of mm -hmm. a man and his wife and uh, they called me and I went in one day and played on this crazy record called I Got You Babe and Sonny and Cher you know the, uh, their name had just become Sonny and Cher before that they were Caesar and Cleo and so <laughs> you know so now all of a sudden I'm working on hit records and, and I'm playing guitar on hit records. And I was real satisfied being a studio musician for about a year, but then I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to be the guy that got to say how it ought to sound. Mm -hmm. So I started taking, and this is, this is right in with your program because I was making a really good living as a studio musician, young, married, living in an apartment, didn't have any money in the bank, but was was doing real well, you know. Mm -hmm. Was for you know a, a twenty one year old or a twenty year old at the time. I mean, I, I was doing well, and I was part of something that was on the radio, mm -hmm. and I was part of something that was making other people famous. Um, that's pretty good for a young musician. And I could have, I guess, I could have been satisfied with that, but something inside of me wanted to be the guy driving the bus. And so what I did was I took a chance. Everybody you're going to interview, there's going to be a number of things that are uh, in common. Mm -hmm. And one of them is taking a chance. So I took a chance not only emotionally but financially. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Mike Post, hands down the most successful music composer in television history. Mike has two pieces of music playing every second of each day. So before the break we were talking about taking a chance and what I did, I was a studio musician working for a number of uh, different people that were, that were making hits. They were, I was being well paid. I took some of that money and I started finding garage bands that I could produce. Hmm. that I might be able to make hits on. How old were you at that time? 21. Wow. 
And what happened, uh, it, fortunately, was um, I had worked on uh, a number of projects as a guitar player for a very famous producer named Jimmy Bowen. Mm -hmm. And I took one of the records that I had made to him, and he said, gee, uh, the record's good. I don't love the artist, but I love the production you did. He says, why don't you come to work for me? I said, okay. And he made me an offer that was good, mm -hmm. decent, uh, for the time. It was 1967. And he offered he offered to pay me fifteen thousand the first year, seventeen thousand five hundred the second year, and twenty thousand the third year against all my writing, all my publishing, and all my producing, and one percent per single and one percent per album. Now in today's market, that's kind of a joke. It sounds like the guy really raked me over the coals. But the truth of the matter is, he did me a huge service. He took me from one side of the glass where the mm -hmm. musicians are to the other side of the glass where the producer is mm -hmm. and he gave me budgets to dream to do whatever i i wanted to do and he told me he says you've got a year and a half to make a hit record i said i'll do it in under a year and he said okay uh have your lawyer get into i said no no i just stuck out my hand he said no 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 this has to be nego i said no no it doesn't we'll just shake hands and I said, you can send me a contract, and whatever it says, I'll sign. He goes, well, that's not smart. I said, this isn't about smart. This is about music. This isn't about business. It's about music. You're giving me a chance to make music. I don't care what you pay me. I don't care. I don't care what any of the the, the boilerplate says. I don't care what any of the details are. You're giving me a chance to make music. I'll give you a chance to be the most honorable person you can be, and and we'll f see how it goes. Mm -hmm. And and of course he was honorable. And I had, eight months later I had a number two record in the nation with just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Kenny Rogers in the first edition. Huh. And uh, six months after that I had my first Grammy for Classical Gas by Mason Williams number one record. So it worked out real well for his company, and it worked out real well for me. And then where did you go after that then? Where well, did that take you? It, it, you know, it's a long and, and winding road, and that's another thing that you'll see in common with everybody you interview that's, that's successful. It, it usually is not just one event. It's usually a series of events. And if anybody tells you uh, that they foresaw it all and they saw it coming, I'd be highly surprised. Because what happens is... You know, in my business, I, I have a formula, and a, an equation, and, and I believe that talent decides if, mm -hmm. and luck decides when and how big. I mean, I didn't know that I would be all those things uh, that Carrie said I was. I, I didn't know. <laughs> I, and, and she's right, I am all those things, but I don't think of myself that way. I don't. You know, I don't wake up every morning and think, well, what have you accomplished in your 60 years on this? You know, and, and, and list them all. I don't even, I never think that way. I'm thinking about, you know, how good it is to, to be, you know, to be in America where I could follow any dream I wanted. How good it is to be fortunate enough to, you know, to, to realize the things that you wanted to do. And then what am I going to write today? You know, it's about the next thing. So 
the the next event chronologically that happened to me was because of classical gas which was a a big orchestrated piece of rock and roll music and not a lot of people had had put rock licks in the orchestra it was before Elton John it was before all that stuff and really just two guys had done it me and a guy named Jimmy Webb had a record called uh, MacArthur's Park that won Grammy the same year and he won it for the best arrangement accompanying a vocal and I won it for the best instrumental arrangement and they were very similar records and um that led to Andy Williams doing an 8 o'clock television show in which he was sort of a more traditional ballad singer and he wanted somebody that could make him sound a little younger, appeal to more of a younger audience. Okay, get that kid that did classical gas. Well, okay. He called you up? or Yeah, his, his manager called me and then I went down and met with Andy and his manager and the producers of the show and I, and I, I told them at the time, I said, you know, guys, I... I Television. I don't really care about TV. It comes through a little bitty speaker, and it's the audio is not really good. And I'm I'm a rock and roll guy, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm you know I want to be uh, I want to be a successful record producer, you know. I want to be the next Phil Spector, uh, minus the shooting, uh, but you know, <laughs> and the hair. <laughs> I saw his hair in a picture in a paper someplace. Oh well. Um, so I, I wanted to do that. I just wanted to be a very successful record producer and arranger. But I realized that the Andy Williams show would give me an, uh, an orchestra, a big orchestra, every week mm-hmm. to be arranging for. So now all of a sudden, you know, Dr. Frankenstein had a lab- laboratory every every week to mess around with an orchestra. And, and that's, you know, money can't buy that. Mm-hmm. So I had 38 guys in the orchestra, as I remember, and... I did it for two years, and, and I learned, you know, how to be a conductor, something I did not know, and I wasn't just horrible at, but I I, I, I really did get pretty good OJT. That's another thing I think you'll find with most of the people you're going to interview, is that we're, uh, most of us are ladder people, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is, you know, you can be you can be climbing along and you can be going rung after rung and you know okay let's see I'll go to uh, go to this junior high school and that'll get me into this high school and that'll get me into this you know college and then I'll go to this university for my graduate degree and then I'll go to work for this kind of firm and then I'll move up or you can be a guy that goes oh no I don't think I'm gonna behave that way I think I'm gonna (laughs) reach I'm gonna reach for rungs that my arms aren't quite long enough to grab Mm-hmm. And then I'll just be rubber man and stretch. And, you know, that's what I meant about taking a chance, not only financially, but but emotionally, of of putting yourself in a position of where you're not, you're not sure you can do this. And I've been there a lot. I have been, I have found myself standing in front of orchestras or standing with people or in situations where I, I it's completely in doubt. Now, we're sitting here interviewing me, and I'm 60 years old, and that doesn't happen to me much anymore. But it still happens emotionally to me because I write a piece of music every day Mm -hmm. that I'm working, and I hand it in. And somebody's got to like it. And if they don't like it, you know what? It still doesn't feel very good. It is still rejection, even with all those awards and all this jazz and I don't care whose airplane you're flying in or mm-hmm. whose you know beachfront place you're sitting at or what car you're driving 
if you're risking something in art, if you're risking something emotionally, which is the only way you get to do art, then then a little piece of your heart's on the line. Uh, 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 your feelings are on the line because when they don't like it, it hurts. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, people ask me what I do for a living. A lot of what I do for a living is I'm a code breaker. Producers speak to me, and producers speak. Gee, could it be bluer or greener? Or could it? I, I was thinking this when I wrote that line, and the actor didn't quite say it right, and the editor didn't edit it right. Can you fix it for me? I went. I'm the musician, you know. I'm, I'm the composer here. <laughs> I don't know if I can fix it f- for me, you know, but but I'll try. Mm-hmm. So th- the point is that you know, successful entrepreneurs and successful. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means money or that means accomplishments or that means just gee, I think I'm pretty good at my job, and some other people agree with me. Mm-hmm. Whatever the definition is, you're going to find that they're risk takers. You're going to find that that those of us that uh, you're going to interview uh, all are willing to risk. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Feeling fine, we're staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Mike Post, hands down the most successful music composer in television history. Mike has two pieces of music playing every second of each day. What do you have for the future? Because I know that you're doing, I mean, it seems like you're doing so many things that at the same time you've always got something new. What are you looking at for the next five or ten years? Are you looking at slowing down, or are you looking at putting on more projects and keep pushing it? Is there st- no, I'm not looking at pushing it. I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at writing music when somebody wants me to write it. And I think the natural progression is that it has to slow down. Uh, it's been, you know, I've been doing this at such a, uh, such a busy level compared to everybody else that does it. I mean, I have some very, very talented friends that are that are really good at their job. And and you know, a big deal to them is two shows. 
I mean, they're they're busy if they're doing two shows a week, mm -hmm. and I haven't been under five, six, seven in so many years. It's just r stupid, you know. It's just ridiculous. But eventually, the guys that that use me, the guys that that you know that I've had such success with all these years, Stephen Bochco, Stephen Cannell, Dick Wolf. Eventually, those guys get old too, and and they want to slow down. Also, the new guys that are coming up that are, you know, in their 30s and 40s that are producing new television shows, they want guys their own age that they can relate to. They want guys, they want something that they think is fresh. And they may be right about that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I've been on, I've been way on borrowed time for, for you know, 10, 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. Most guys stay successful at this thing I'm doing you know, for maybe 10 years. Maybe they squeak out 15. And they they either go away or do something else, or they retire, or they go on to, to features, and they go on to do movies. And I don't want to do movies. I mean, that isn't my, my particular set of personality traits don't lend itself, I think, real well t to movies, you know. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sort of built for TV, and one of the reasons is that I have the attention span of a gnat, and and TV, the first prerequisite is that it's on by nine. You know, you gotta, it's got to be good, but you got to do it fast, and and I prefer to do it fast. I have this friend, famous friend named Randy Newman, who's a wonderful composer, a great composer. I mean, a world-class composer in my opinion and Randy bleeds over every second he and it sounds it sounds like it not from the fact that it's it's not wonderful and spontaneous but it's perfect his music is perfect in my opinion and he needs it and looks at it and goes back and checks it and well now okay but let me exhaust every possibility and he and I are like 180 degrees out of phase with each other you know i i write it and don't even think about it i mean it's like here just go go you know and, and i he writes he writes and orchestrates maybe a minute minute and a half a day and i do you know 20 minutes a day without even looking at it you know without blinking mm -hmm. it just shows that i'm i'm made for tv and he's made for features so when we were talking earlier about now it's it's time that you've been putting a lot into the music community and kind of giving back. Can you talk about that sure. a little bit? Sure. Um, for the first 18 years of my compositional life, like when I hooked up with Stephen Cannell and, and he came to me and said, you know, I th we were friends before he had ever sold a script. And Steve Cannell came to me with this idea that he had this television show called Toma. He was going to first one he was going to be involved in producing and he said gee I think your music would be great on it and I said well gee I, you know I really don't know how to put music to to film I said but I have this friend of mine named Pete Carpenter and uh, he's an older fella and, and he knows how to do that he's done it a lot with, worked with a man named Earl Hagen who is sort of the granddaddy of all TV composers and I said let me ask him if he wants to be involved in this so he said, oh, sure, and he said, but I'm going to retire in a year or two. He, he was 56 at the time. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, I've been working all my life. I'm, I'm, I've got a little place up in uh, 
and Oxnard, and I'm, we're going to retire. And I said, okay, but why don't we do this thing together? You know, I said, great. Well, 18 years later, <laughs> and, and, and 2,000 hours of TV together, Pete Carpenter and I had done, you know, the Rockford Files, the 18 Wise Guy, Hardcastle McCormick, you know, blah, 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 on and on and on. And we had this great, great partnership. And we, we, there was never an unkind word between us. Never a contract, handshake. And unfortunately, he was a, a, a generation ahead of me. And and uh, life being the way it is, he passed away. So one of the things, one of the first things I did after he died uh, through BMI was to institute a fellowship in his name. And what we do is either students or people uh, in the music community make a, um, get a, a form that allows them to enter a competition mm -hmm. and the competition uh, is to write a one minute piece of music that has dramatic value and describe it and then a board of people a lot of former winners and myself sit down go through we get between 300 and 600 submissions every year and we usually pick one two three winners and each one of them comes for six they win some money and they come for six weeks and work with me for six weeks daily and um, some of the people that have done it, eight of the people that have done it so far are huge in television and film doing the composition thing. So that that's, I guess you could call it a form of teaching, although I don't at all try and pass myself off as any sort of teacher or sensei to anybody. But I can, I can tell you how I do my thing, and I can give you some advice on, on how you know how I've been able to pull it off and and I do that quite a bit I do that a tremendous amount then there's a there's some financial things that I wholeheartedly believe in um, and some programs that I that I try to support um, that further musical education and further um, instruments into uh, communities that you wouldn't normally think of as being uh, too involved in the arts, you know, lower economic communities that, you know, that are striving to feed their children and, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, violin lessons are going to come way behind that. But somebody needs to take care of the spirit of young kids that are being raised without money. So I, I, I have a number of things like that that, that I try and uh, put some finances behind. Wow. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.